I look so damn good with this makeup. I am not going to take it off. And I went, I must've gone three days with that, with that makeup on because I was like, my skin looks so smooth and amazing. I had them little kid puffy nipples and I remember I couldn't <laughs> keep them from showing in my shirt. And that was kind of embarrassing for me. It's be a long night. I'm thinking to send a date. I just hope the bus don't break down again, Danny. I think we got her fixed this time, Evan. We're brothers of the road. We've lost all our control. And we won't hang it up for anyone. We'll keep right on going. The wind just won't stop blowing this old silver-sided bus on through the night. Everybody, the bros are back. What up? Episode two. Season two. Season two. Oh, yeah. We're doing it in seasons because we're too lazy to consistently do this every time. That's right. We are gearing up right now for a big old trip to Belleville, Michigan. We are. The Belleville Bait Shop. When y'all hear this, it's going to be past. We're going to be just getting back from uh, We're going to be gearing up for Alaska. Yeah. That's what we're going to be doing. Yeah, we're going to be in Alaska February 9th and 10th with our buddy Craig Morgan up there for Craig Morgan Presents the Reeves Brothers. Oh, yeah. And things are going to get crazy. With special guest, Scott Reeves. Uh-huh. Yep. And Craig. Craig's going to get do, do some songs. He's going to do, do Almost Home with us. Yes, he is. Now, we're really excited for Alaska because our cousins are coming. Our cousin Scott's coming. Our cousin Larry's coming. And our brother Bob and Chuck are coming. Yeah. It's going to be a big old Reeves family reunion. Yeah. And uh, it is. and I'm not going to be sick at that time. Right now, I'm sick. I am uh, I am recovering right now from some sort of cold that's been going around. Scott had it. Now I've got it. We're hoping Matt doesn't get it. I have not. I, I don't think I've gotten it. If I have, I've been tired all day, but I didn't sleep last night. Oh, I had a gig down at the pray. Music City Bar with uh, Cody Atkins, and I stayed out all night. I'm tired. Out on the town. I'm tired. It's midnight right now. Ooh, midnight, and we're just getting just getting going. Just getting uh, going. That's what the bros of the road do. Anyways, y'all, before we get this thing started, we want to remind y'all one more time that if you uh, enjoy the show and you like to support the podcast, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash the Reeves Brothers and choosing one of our monthly packages. Or go over and leave a review for our podcast on whatever platform you're listening to us on. It really helps us out. It does. If you don't feel like doing that, uh, we'd appreciate it if y'all just share this with one person because it really does help spread the show so much, and it helps us. It gets us in all the algorithms and things like that, and uh, just get the word out on us, Reeves Brothers. Hey, I'm excited about this episode because I, uh, I, I'm excited on the story. I've been telling Matt we got to do one on this. Matt was a little hesitant, but I think it's going to be a great story because... Uh, was a, I was a little kid. I, I had no involvement in music of this story at all. Before we do that, I do want to make sure and let you guys know, though, just kicking the episode off, that we want to tell you to go over and check out uh, Tough Coat because Tough Coat is just an amazing place. It's done more for us than we could ever even imagine. Than anybody because they sponsor the show and nobody else will. Nobody else sponsors the show. They've got over 20 years of experience. They're doing amazing Tumblr cups. Uh, they do spray-in bed liners, waterproofing, uh, and their customer service is top-notch. And uh, before you leave there, you'll end up being their friend. So make sure and go over, schedule an appointment, call them at 479-715-6039, or 
Go over to toughcoatbentonville.com. That's T-U-F-F-C-O-A-T, bentonville.com. They're out of Bentonville, Arkansas, and they are the finest people doing it. Uh, so make sure to go over there for your spray and bed liners, your custom tumbler cups, and your waterproofing. Uh, the owner of the company, the CEO, Mr. Jeff Hope, was just spent the weekend with us here in Nashville and partied it up, and we had a great time. And we did. Uh, I and, think Jeff had a great time. Oh, Jeff had a great time. We door dashed two Avos Rancheros, and him and I hung out in our uh, sweats and lounged around until we went out and partied at night. And, uh, and then we had some great pizza by a place called Two Boot Pizza out of Nashville. I'm not going to go any further on the food deal because I'd go all night about that. Yeah, Cole's hungry. Toughcoat.com. Toughcoatbentonville.com. Today's episode, everybody, is about the Colgate Country Showdown and my involvement in it when I was 17 to 18 years of age. And uh, we're going to give you a little rundown of how that uh, that I got involved in a thing that started out with like 50,000 contestants and ended with five of us at the Ryman Auditorium in Nashville, Tennessee, with Charlie McCoy backing us and Leanne Rhymes MCing us. On that note, we're going to get the thing started. Cue, Cue the, the music. music. You're listening to Brothers of the Road. Our whole life, people have felt like there was something intriguing about our normal. Well, we're here to tell you what our normal is. Life, love, country music, and two brothers traveling on the road together year-round while sharing an airstream together just outside of Nashville. Sit back and enjoy the ride as we take you on a journey throughout the country with the stories from yours truly. The, the brothers, brothers of, of the road. Everybody, the year was 2008, and I was 17 years old. Uh, our father has a long history with Laughlin, Nevada, because... Uh, his first wife, Lori, was first cousins with Betty Laughlin, who was the wife of Don Laughlin. And Don and Betty started the town of Laughlin, Nevada, uh, when there was nothing out there but a little like eight-room motel that Don and Betty and some of their family lived in. And they rented like four rooms out there in the 60s, and then they turned it into a big empire. A.K.A. success story. Yeah, yeah. Big things happened out there on the river. Ladies and gentlemen... Don Laughlin was not going to handle being tempted by his principal. Like, hey, buddy, yeah, I can sling slot machines or go back to school and make no money. I'll keep making more money than you, principal. That's what he said. So he quit school. I've Seventh heard the story grade. many times on that little television. I have, too. Uh, yeah. yeah, so. So we had a long history with Laughlin, Nevada. We, everybody, everybody, they, in a roundabout way, to Cole and I, the Laughlins are uh, are kind of cousins of ours. I consider them cousins. Yeah, and so, anyways, we grew up there. All 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 of us did. All of our brothers and sisters and us. We all grew up uh, in Laughlin. We kind of had rain over the Riverside Casino yeah. and Hotel when we were kids. Uh, we had pretty much a lot of the employees got down to where they pretty much knew who we were. Uh, some of them had problems with us because uh, they didn't know who we were, and uh, that would become a thing. But we had uh, pretty much all we could use tickets to the movie theater there. The arcade, arcades. tokens. Uh, the only thing that we never got into is the bowling, which I never really understood. Why no, they could. wouldn't. They wouldn't give us no bowling. We never. Yeah, maybe. I don't know if Betty just didn't think we were interested in bowling. I don't know. She never got us in, though. But she didn't. But we would have unlimited food tickets, and we would just go eat. I mean, we just took over the casino when we get there yeah that's how the buffet the prime rib room oh yeah oh the uh the riverview cafe the riverview cafe man i love the riverview cafe 
They had a great biscuits and gravy. And from what I've heard, I don't eat eggs, but I heard they have a great eggs benedict. Yeah, they did. I've, that's where I got my start with eggs benedict. Everybody was in Laughlin, Nevada. So, uh, anyways, Betty Laughlin, one day she called up our dad and said, Hey, you know, I really want to hear Matt do some singing. And she said, there's this thing that's going to be at the uh, the Lightning Strikes Ballroom, and it's called the Colgate Country Showdown. And everybody, I freaking hate talent contests. I cannot stand them. And I didn't want to get in this one, but Betty was adamant. And uh, and so anyway, she called up at, she called up the radio station down there, and they had already had all their people that, that were going to get into the show and... I guess when you're Betty Laughlin, she pulled some strings and got me in there. Now you had to get it. You still had to get accepted. I had to get accepted, and I got accepted. Yeah, I got they, accepted. They put you through in Heidi, uh, to Heidi. Yeah, to Heidi, and she listened to my little crummy tape and was like, "Oh yeah, we can let him in." Yeah, and so she let us in, and and uh, we Matt did goes, the little show. Matt goes down there, natural born world shaker. Yeah, yeah, seventeen years old. Yeah. He does Born to Boogie, the Hank Williams Jr. song. You damn right. Plays guitar behind his head. Yeah. Now, he also does another song that I believe he wrote, uh, a a gospel song. No, I think I did Alabama Gypsy Rose. No, you didn't. You did a gospel song the first time. Then the next time you did it. Maybe it wasn't one you wrote. It was something about living under the bridge. I don't know what I did, everybody. Yeah. uh, Maybe it was a Wayne Moore Little Country Church or something. That was what you did the first time. Huh. And then the second time, you got more points because you could get judged off your songwriting. So then Matt started. He won that one. I did win that one. And I probably shouldn't have because there was a girl there named Brianna Tyson who she was bar none the best singer at the place. She was. She was. And she was a great entertainer, too. She was a really great entertainer and uh and she ended up moving to Nashville. She's here in Nashville now. Mm-hmm. And she's still in the music industry. Songwriter. And songwriter. And she's been out with Vince Gill and I think Chris Young and a bunch of people. Yeah. She's, yeah. She she ended up doing really well. And uh, she probably should have won that night. And anyways, I threw my guitar behind my head and that impressed him and whatever. I ended up winning. And uh, so from there, when you won the very first thing, I was like the local bout of the country colgate showdown the colgate country showdown and then you had to go to another place for yeah. for, for the state thing but the problem was is that we did not live anywhere near where i had performed at we lived in arkansas we lived in arkansas which was a whole nother there was a whole nother thing going on with the country show down there oh yeah Livewire was out there winning. they were out there winning and uh, that's where i should have been at but i wasn't because betty signed me up to this thing and so the very next place that we went to was this was winslow arizona it was prescott oh it, it, you're right it uh-huh. was prescott what it was, was not winslow, winslow. i prescott. put i put winslow uh yeah no no winslow uh isn't that the town from the song yeah yeah i know where winslow's at it was not winslow it was prescott winslow, prescott is also yeah, no. uh prescott is a gorgeous town up in arizona yeah it is it's a cowboy town. Uh, Steve McQueen and Joe Don Baker, they were in a movie called Junior Bonner that uh, Junior Bonner was shot up in Prescott, Arizona. There's a place called Whiskey Row there. It's like the original Whiskey Row. Uh, we got down there, and if you remember, 
uh, we we st- we had a room, but our dad did not was not into paying for like we didn't we thought Holiday Inns were only for executives. Oh yeah, growing up because our dad would just stay in a Motel Six to save money, because his theory was all oh, we're doing sleeping here. Uh, but if you remember, we stayed at that little motel, and we got there, and it was disgusting, and Dad was like, I can't stay here. He ended up going to a fancy one that had vineyards. Remember, uh-huh. they had the grapes. Well, because Keith Lunau was staying there. Yeah, and Keith Lunau, Keith Lunau is an old football-playing friend of our dad's uh, from high school. He was drafted in like six-round six round draft out of a junior college to play for the San Francisco 49ers, and he ended up getting his back broke uh, during all the – the uh, practices before he even got to start but uh keith ended up coming up there and he say keith is a he's a debonair kind of guy yeah he is and so they were were up there in a fancy hotel he's got a recessed living room at his house it's uh so yeah conversation pit Uh uh-huh conversation pit inside of his home yeah swanky pad uh yeah so all these events dad dad always had a a big group of friends that would show up of his friends uh one of those friends this trip happened to be a guy named dan williams dan what frying pan dan dan the flim flam man yeah if you didn't get it you didn't want it if you if you want it go get it if you didn't get it you didn't want it that That was was a saying yeah that was a saying and he was he was the father to tiffany the little pop singer in the 80s that had i think we're alone now and he had met his wife at one of our dad's shows and our dad was like the very first person to ever get Tiffany up on stage when she was super little, like eight or nine years old. And so they had a lifelong friendship and Dan came down there. And one of the most memorable things about this was that we went to like a, was it a Chili's or an Applebee's or I think it was Applebee's something like that. He wanted a cup of coffee. I got to start at the coffee. The coffee. He wanted a cup of coffee and it was about nine thirty at night. Yep. He orders a cup of coffee and he says that it's not fresh enough for him, and yeah. he needs him to make him a fresh pot of coffee. And, and they they're do. getting ready to close. They're just about to close. We're the last table there. They make him a fresh pot of coffee. Yeah. Then he orders a salad. Now, remember, then he said the coffee was too hot. Uh-huh. He's like, this coffee's about to burn my damn mouth off. Uh-huh. Yeah, he was complaining about the coffee being too hot. And they're like, well, we're sitting, you know. <laughs> we made it fresh. It's yeah, hot. I don't know. Maybe they brought him a couple of ice cubes or something. Well, then, then he orders a salad. Yeah. And a steak. Yeah. And the salad comes out, and he says that he stabs himself in the mouth with the fork. Because the fork, on the four prongs of the fork, one, one of them bent. was bent a little bit. Now, a normal person would just bend that prong back down and be like, oh, that's okay. No, 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 no. Not Dan Williams. <laughs> no, Dan had other plans. And he did not stab himself. <laughs> No, 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 no. He definitely didn't stab himself. So he makes a huge ruckus with the staff. Massive. Like, I can't believe you could get sued over something and like And our this. dad was not easily embarrassed. And he was, our dad was sitting over there embarrassed. Oh, pissed. Yeah, pissed actually. off. And then his steak comes out. Dan has dentures. Yeah. You remember that? Yeah. Because he goes, how, how am I going to chew these with these dentures? Well, nobody with dentures orders steaks, I don't think. Anyway, even if regardless if they do, he's complaining that the steak that he ordered, I believe, medium well. Maybe he did. Maybe he ordered medium rare. I could be elaborating on that a little bit. Either way, he's complaining that he can't chew the steak with his dentures, and he's demanding a free meal. 
<laughs> and he said, I mean, I've already been stabbed by a fork that you've given me that was bent. Mm-hmm. And sure as sure enough, we get out of there and they do they comp Dan Williams' meal. You remember what he told you? Looked at Dad and said when he walked out. And he looked at Dad and he said, "And that's how you get get a a free free meal." And Dad commenced to chewing an ass out of Dan. I mean, just oh, he was like, "Don't "Don't you you ever ever get me out here, yeah, and and make make us look like we like we can't afford a meal." That's what you went in there looking for was a free meal. Oh, Dad, I did not. No, no, no. You made everything up. (laughs) Oh, him and Dad, him and Dad would always get in little scuffs, but then they'd always make up. Yeah, like the, like the time remember Dad got real mad at him because he just gave me the keys to his BMW when I was about seven years old, and goes, "Here, drive it, uh, back it up out of the yard." And Dad walked outside, and I was sitting in his BMW. Yeah, he was mad about. Remember that. when he loaned me his BMW, and it cost me a friendship because those people up the road mm-hmm. were jealous of of us getting anything new, and they went out and bought a they went out and bought a new car because they thought that yeah they thought Dad been, and Mom had got you a car, and they went and got their kid a car. Yeah, and then I was like, ha, 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 joke's on you. My buddy was letting me drive that, and they got pissed. Uh-huh. They weren't happy. Yeah, they were those kind of people. Yeah, it's just kind uh-huh. of folks they were. Anyways, there wasn't anything too memorable about Prescott other than, other than that stuff right there. I won. And yeah, we went on to Coos Bay, Oregon. Yeah. Now, Coos Bay, things got a little bit exciting because we went down to Castle Rock, Washington and saw David Appleberry. Yeah, and Dave, David Appleberry around Castle Rock was known as the Castle, Castle Rock, Rock Flash because he, he raced lawnmowers. Yeah, and he was like the champion yeah. of the lawnmower races down there. David Appleberry was our dad's very first bass player, and he lived up up there in, in Castle Rock. and Wore a Timex watch, played yeah. bass, yeah, and raced lawnmowers. And raced lawnmowers. Gosh. Him he and, was him a and, hell of a guy. Virginia. Virginia. David and Virginia. Yeah. David and Virginia Appleberry. Yeah. They were sweethearts. Well, they picked us up from the, if you remember, they picked us up from the airport. Yeah. Dave and his minivan. Yeah. And uh, we had one great time with them. Coos Bay, Oregon was, Oregon in general was gorgeous. I remember going like cruising by the, uh, I don't know if it was the ocean or what it was. Yeah, it was. I think it was. I mean, there was, there was lighthouses and stuff out there. Yeah, it was pretty. And it was cold though. Cold and water crashing against all the rocks. It looked like a start scene out of Greece. Coos Bay, Oregon, Coos Bay, Oregon. I still see your sea waves crashing. If you don't know, Cole's um, just making a little mockumentary song of Coos Bay to the tune of Galveston. <laughs> uh, anyway, we got down there and Phyllis Frias, who owned the majority of the taxi cab companies in Las Vegas, Nevada. She owned like, like yeah, them like eighty percent of the taxi cab companies there. Uh-huh. Her and her husband Charles Frias moved from San Antonio to Vegas in the fifties and started the first, I believe, the first taxi cab company in Las Vegas. Yeah. Uh, she Charlie had died, and she was really like a grandmother to us growing up. She was, and uh, she rented a private jet to fly to Rome yeah. to meet the Pope, and then her. And Sherry and Ginger all flew in the day of the show on a private jet. And Melissa. And Melissa, that's right. Yeah. To be there at this show. Some friends of ours. and, and this They sh- were. And this show was by far the most concert setting before Nashville of them all. Yeah, it was remember. a big It was a big venue at a casino that was like where probably John Conley or... And I believe like that was that probably that way because it was re- this was a regional one. 
before it went national. Yeah, it was it was a big one. Whoever and, won this uh, went to the Ryman Auditorium. Yeah, and so guess who wins? I won, y'all. Yeah, Matt won. I won. Proud and, baby uh, brother alert. <laughs> oh, conk. Buddy. Uh, yeah, I was excited. Uh, Matt wins, and I then I'm thinking we're going to Nashville. Yeah. We and so the deal was is that they, 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 they gave you and one person a plane ticket to go to Nashville and do this thing uh, at the Ryman Auditorium. And Charlie McCoy, who is a legendary uh, – he's a legendary harmonica player, but he – plays everything he's played on he played on bass. thousands he played of bass on bob dylan uh, yeah. nashville skyline yeah he played harmonica on he stopped loving her today delta uh, dawn yeah Royal candy Royal man and stuff yeah a- anything that has a harmonica from like 1960 to now <laughs> to now has about been charlie mccoy and uh, so he had the band there, and then Leanne Rimes was going to host it. Well, our dad was not hip on the flying thing, so he immediately calls down to Nashville, and he says, listen, we would prefer to just get cash. And <laughs> Cole's getting ready to spit his drink. He said, we would prefer to just get cash because, by God, we got a whole lot of people going, more than two plane tickets worth, and we're driving from Arkansas to Nashville. And they agreed. They said, well, we'll just pay your gas. And that's, yeah, that's fine. And before you went to Nashville, you had to, uh, you had to go down there about a month prior to, to the, to, to, meet. to the big show to, to meet everybody, <laughs> to and, meet all the contestants and do your interviews and yeah. rehearse. Cause it was like shown on great American country or something like that. Some TV station. So they had to film all this stuff prior to the show and. We got down there and we met this guy named Lance Lipinski. And Lance Lipinski had a pompadour that was probably eight inches tall. And he yeah. was currently, at the time, he was playing... Uh, Jerry he, Lee Lewis. He was doing Jerry Lee Lewis in Las Vegas at like a, a legend, the Legends in Concert. He ended up going on to play Jerry Lee Lewis in the Million Dollar Quartet show uh, that was like off of Broadway or something like that. It was It was a pretty big deal and he ended up... Being on like the David Letterman show for some things, and well, he flew down a grand piano case to put his keyboard in. He did <laughs> for the show. And, he did, and he had a nudie jacket. Uh huh. And he was real. Uh, he had a big personality. He, a big personality. Like he was taking over the show. Yeah, yeah. And so me and him made friends. Me and him definitely, bar none, had the biggest personalities there. We got together and we were like, "We're going to run this show. That's fine." And uh, we get down there, and we do all of our interviews. And anyways, we come back a month goes by, and we go back down. And it was a it was a frigid time in Nashville, y'all. It was like seven degrees or something. And we live in Nashville; it doesn't really get down that cold very often here. And uh, but it was that week. No, it was that week. We were staying at the Sheridan. Yeah. And I don't know. I think the only reason we stayed there is because Betty and Jim were staying there. Well, no, they gave it to us. Oh, that's right. Betty and Jim were staying there too. Yeah, Betty Laughlin. Betty Laughlin ended up going. And I'll give her this. She got me involved in this, and she went to every single one of them. Yep, she did. She made every one of them. She made every one of them, and uh, so we get. It's like show night there at the Ryman Auditorium, and. If you're listening to this podcast and you don't know what the Ryman Auditorium is, 
the Ryman is it's, mother like, church. it's the mother church of country. It's where the Grand Ole Opry. It wasn't the very first place the Grand Ole Opry started, but it was where it the longevity of the Grand Ole Opry took place uh, was out of the Ryman Auditorium before they moved it to the Grand Ole Opry House. And so Johnny Cash filmed the Johnny Cash show there. Uh, there was a ton of stuff done at the at the Ryman, and so it was a super historical place to get to play at and we get there and one of the very first things that is said that night is by leanne rhymes her manager comes out and she tells all the the manager told all the contestants that that none of us were to speak to leanne rhymes or she would walk she'd walk out on the show and i mean nobody spoke to her but then our cousin scott he happened to be on the same label as her at that time, Curb Records. Well, Scott was also her neighbor, and he had been doing these little, like, was he doing bicycling with oh, her husband? Oh, triathlons and stuff. With with her husband. Yeah. Yeah. And well, I don't know if with her husband, but they were both into cycling. Yeah. I think they would, like, ride together and stuff, though. Hmm. Maybe. We'll ask him tomorrow, y'all. Uh and so, anyways, he's like, oh, God, yeah, let's, I'll go introduce you. I was the only one, I think, that got to speak to Leanne Rhymes because she, she was, she was, uh, yeah, not, apparently not having it. And if you remember, I made her laugh until she cried her eyes out uh-huh. backstage. I was just mingling around. I was seeing what I could get into at that point. Uh, I know that during the show, uh, I went over. I don't know even know why. They had a staircase roped off. I know the staircase well now. Yeah, because we go to shows there now. Uh, yeah, the balcony, I feel like, was closed. There was nobody in the balcony of the show. There was people in the balcony. Hmm. Maybe this was, I don't, I don't know what this was. It was probably during rehearsal or something before they let people in. Whatever it was, they were recording some stuff. And I like went, the show that was being broadcasted for television. Uh, I went over, I saw a microphone that was set up on a microphone stand. It looked like one of them big fancy studio mics. And I thought, maybe I can get in on this. So I went over, and I wish I could. Up until about four or five years ago, I remembered what song I sang, and now I slipped my mind. But whatever it is, I was up there singing something ignorantly into this mic. And... Uh, I got, I mean, like, I got treated like I was a little kid and his dad just caught him. With his hand in the cookie jar. With his hand in the cookie jar. Like, I just knocked the window out with my baseball. Yeah. And uh, this person came out and chewed me out and was like, don't ever come up here to this mic and sing. We've got people recording stuff in this dressing room. It was going on in a dressing room. Lance Lipinski thought that was real funny. He probably, uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that was my little that was my little deal. Then the show the show began. Uh, everybody came out. We had uh, Tiffany was there. Uh, great, our cousin Scott. We had a group of uh, kind of a little group of celebrities there with us. We had yeah, Tiffany was there, and Scott and, and, Scott Missy. and Missy were there. Aaron, Aaron Benward, Scott's uh, singing, singing duo partner. partner, and then Aaron Benward's son, Luke Benward. At that time, he had uh, he had just done a bunch of like big Disney movies, and so he was there too, running around the joint. Yeah, he was, and we were all kind of 
me and Larry and Luke were kind of running around together. I had just spent, I just spent uh, four or five days over at Scott and Missy's house because Larry, their son, and I are the same, are right around the same age. So I just had a little vacation with my cousin. and We had a great time. Uh, Matt was over there doing the big Nashville thing. I was trying to find Carrie Underwood somewhere. I was trying to pick up on Carrie Underwood. Matt made a big scene on stage and said, "If you won the hundred thousand dollars, he was going to buy Carrie Underwood's love." <laughs> Uh, he did not win. I did not win, and funny enough, I just saw Gary Underwood. How long ago has it been? Oh, two months ago. I walked right past her, and I smiled, and I said, Hi, how are you? And I had no clue it was Gary Underwood anyways. So it wouldn't have done me no good. Yeah, so he didn't win the $100,000, and that put a kibosh on him marrying Gary. On him marrying and it CD. also put a kibosh on that Mercedes SL 190 that I was going to buy. And the Piper Cub, you and Eli Witcher were going to go half or something. Oh, man. We had a neighbor, I wish her, he about had me sold on the fact that we could buy a Piper Cub with that money. Matt lost $100,000 and he lost his dream of owning a Piper Cub airplane with our next door neighbor who was a cattle rancher named Eli. That was like 76. (laughs) Man, good times. Anyways, a guy named Johnny Bulford ended up winning. <laughs> what happens here stays here. Isn't that the truth? Don't worry about us. That's a man with no shoes. And if you find yourself lost, just ask a man with no shoes. Grab a beer and let go of your fears. Because what happens here stays here. That was his song. That was his song. But he ended up. He ended up writing a big number one um, Matt, hit. No, I think, he's, yeah, I think he's written a few number one hits. He wrote that. I'd eat a lot more drive-through chicken. Grab me more. Take a few strokes off my golf game. If I'd have never known, known your name. name. Stupid driving that old green Nova. I probably never would have heard of yoga. I'd be a bigger football fan. But if I was a single man. Alone and out there on the loose. I'd be looking for a woman like you. Yeah, that's right. Lee Bry, uh-huh. Little uh-huh. Reese Brothers cover of Lee Bryce yeah. by way of Johnny Buford. Listen here, everybody. Don't go scream recording that and Jerry. It wasn't good. <laughs> come on. <laughs> we, come on we now. We do better than that. <laughs> come on. Oh. That was not the end of the Nashville saga because after that, we all ended up going back to the hotel. Oh, yeah, we did. And Phyllis Frias was there. And Phyllis Frias put around my neck a massive gold chain just a log chain of gold and a 20 dollar gold piece that her husband had given her and she said well you were a winner to me and that meant a whole lot to me that did happen and then then we played music at a big jam session the rest of the night charlie mccoy and that's when i got to get up was charlie involved in that yeah did I play bass with the Charlie McCoy band? Maybe. I don't think so. I think I so. got up and played bass for Tiffany. I think. <laughs> yeah, she did Delta Dawn. She did. I thought she did Bobby McGee, but we'll go with Delta Dawn. She <laughs> oh, did you're Bobby, right. She I did Bobby say McGee. she did Bobby McGee. Uh, so yeah, I asked Tiffany. I was the only way I knew I was going to get in on this deal. I thought they ain't going to let me up because I'm 12. And I said, Hey Tiff, 
Can you get me up by base? And at you? this time, I'm going around with an Elvis accent like this because Lance Lebensky had been wearing off on me. Oh, like, Matt was pretending was going, he was Elvis yeah, all the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, and I had this massive gold medallion, and I was in a sweater vest. Uh-huh. And I remember that they had makeup from the TV on, and I was like, I look so damn good with this makeup. I am not going to take it off. And I went, I must have gone three days with that, with that makeup on because I was like, my skin looks so smooth and amazing. I had them little kid puffy nipples, and I remember I couldn't keep them from showing in my shirt, and that was kind of embarrassing for me. Uh, but he digresses. Yeah, I digress. Oh, y'all. Anyway, was... that was that was the Nashville saga. Yeah. Uh, puffy nipples. Matt loses Nashville. He wins Coos Bay. He wins Prescott. He wins Laughlin. We're Betty Laughlin's cousins uh, by way of our dad's first wife, who was pretty much like a grandmother to us. Growing up, or second, <laughs> yeah, whatever, second mom, grandmother, whatever you want to call it. She was around quite often. She, and, she was. Uh, and uh, she was as much family to us as anybody was. So through way of that, Betty Laughlin was family to us, too. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, so that was, that was the, uh, that was the Nashville saga of Matt going to the Colgate Country Showdown and, uh. And and I do want to let you know they were good people, and they left him with a bag of treats of all the Colgate toothpaste and all that good stuff. That was cool. Yeah, uh, we're still not done with it. We're still using them tubes of toothpaste they gave us. I don't even uh, think Colgate sponsors that thing anymore. No, Texaco, I think does. They used to sponsor it before Colgate. Uh, anyways, uh, hey, we want to thank you guys for listening to the podcast today. We do love you guys. We are trying to stay up on it. And because I know we kind of lost touch with the podcast a while back, and we're going to try not to do that again. Before we get off of here, I do want to say it because I've said it before. There ain't nothing finer if you're looking for the very best tumbler cup and spray-in bed liner. We want to take a moment and thank our sponsor, Tough Coat in Bentonville, Arkansas. With over 20 years of experience, they continue to keep a total commitment to customer satisfaction. Tough Coat, it's the only place to go for your spray-in bed liner, your custom tumbler cups. Yeah, you know those Stanley cups that you're seeing the cute girl at the gym next to you drinking out of? Yeah, you can have one, too. Call Tough Coat. And they do waterproofing. Go over and visit toughcoatbentonville.com or call, little number call, 479-715-6039. Schedule an appointment. Get your truck in there. Get a spray-in bed liner. They'll even spray your whole vehicle if you'll let them. They really will. Uh Anyways, yeah, for real, you guys, they are, they have been so generous to us by uh, supporting this podcast. Jeff Hope is like a brother to me, and uh, and it simply wouldn't be happening if it wasn't for them. So thank you, guys. Make sure and call them, call that number and just tell them you want to reuse Brothers Tumblr Cup, and they will make you one with our Brothers of the Road logo on it. I sure and, will. Uh, and we do want to remind you guys one more time, if you like what you hear and, uh, and you want to keep this podcast going, uh, you can support it by going to patreon.com slash the Reeves Brothers and choose one of our monthly packages, and it helps out a lot. There's going to be, uh, Cole and I just talked about this before the show got started. We're going to start doing a little like 10 part segment over there on just Patreon only, uh, no matter what package you get. Uh, and it's just going to be us kind of like going through our record collection and playing some tracks off of those records and giving you the backstory of why we like it so much. And they'll be quick, 15, 20-minute little episodes with some music and, and stuff like that. And it will like be that. a series. It will not be an ongoing thing. No, it will not be an ongoing thing. There's going to be like 10 of them. So y'all go over there if you would like to hear uh, those. And, and go leave a review for our podcast on yeah. whatever platform you're listening to this on. Please, because it helps us so much. 
and it gets us in, in algorithms and uh, makes us go up in the podcast charts. Also, if you don't feel like leaving a review over there, just tell somebody because that also helps. Word of mouth is the best thing you can do uh, to spread the gospel, y'all. Yeah, and don't be afraid to screenshot this and tag us in your Instagram stories or whatever yep. uh, that you're listening to the podcast because that's uh, it's good to know who's listening. So yeah. we want to thank you guys. Uh, and make sure and come back next Monday for a next for the next Brothers of the Road podcast. Matt, if you would, take us on home. Huh?